Hey everybody, welcome to Finding Japan, episode 6, the wet episode, because of a goddamn Chinese umbrella. We're going to do something a little different this time. Um, I have my roommate, colleague, and friend, Alex, here, though he seems to be a bit involved in uh, some Advance Wars 3 for the... What is that? The, uh, the DS. Game Boy DS Lite right now. So if he seems distant, it's not because he doesn't like y'all. Yeah. But uh, Alex is going to share some of the uh, experiences moving into this place. Hopefully, if he has some insights, he said he would just talk if he uh, has anything to say. And I told him I was going to do an interview, but I don't know. I'm going to get start getting distracted by his game soon. So yeah, today's the wet episode. The reason why is uh, I just got back from Asakusa about an hour ago on a little shopping trip, and it just happened to start uh, pouring cats and dogs, and the sky turned green, and it was like Armageddon. People were running around like crazy, and uh, I bought this 105 yen umbrella. So that makes like four or five umbrellas in the house now? Yeah, I think we have, let's see. We got stuck one day because we only thought we had one umbrella. Mm-hmm. So we had to do a two-man rescue operation to get another umbrella. Or a one-man rescue operation to yeah, get an umbrella. To get one. And it came back and you had already yeah. had an umbrella. I, I guess that's the one thing about Japan that's, that's pretty interesting. If you have an umbrella fetish, you can certainly get off here. There's umbrellas everywhere. But yeah, we have five umbrellas now. Yeah. Yeah. And a raincoat. And a rain it's more like a rain bag with a it's like it's a plastic bag with one hole in it you put your head through so this um really cheap umbrella i bought was made of like cloth almost i i don't think it was a rain <laughs> i don't think it prevented rain i think it just deflected the big drops into smaller drops it was like a rain strainer the operative goal after about five minutes of, of trying to walk uh, the 10 minute walk back home as opposed to staying dry, the goal was keep the upper front part of my body that had all of the stuff I had just bought and my DS for the dictionary and everything. Let's keep that dry. And my legs and my back got totally soaked. So I'm in pajama pants now, and they're pretty hot. So feeling good about it. All right. Wanted to give everybody a quick update um, before getting on to today's topics. Uh, I think what we're going to try and cover today is a little bit of how Alex and I handled foreign exchange when we got here. I wanted to talk about some Japanese bicycle skills. We had an interesting experience, what, a couple days ago eating raw chicken? That's right. We're going to talk about that. Um, And if we have time, we're going to get into how freaking expensive it is to commute in Tokyo. And we're uh, finding out now. And then um, I'll get into the uh, things I think you will only see in Japan. Uh, But before that, quick update. We have moved, finally. We're finally moved into the apartment. I think the last audio podcast I had done was in, or from Kamada. And then I did the video podcast. But now we are in Sumida-ku. That's right. What does Sumida stand for? does rice field, right? Sumi? I am not sure what that means. We'll have to look that up. Yeah. We'll get back to you on that. But we are no more than two blocks away from the Asahi Beer Building, so that's right. We're gonna try and hook up some kegs. Maybe have a keg party here or something. I don't even think they. I I haven't seen a keg in Japan yet. You know, I haven't even seen those like uh, the beer vending machines that everyone talks about. I haven't mm. seen any in Tokyo. I found one. You did. I did. Oh wow. 
but it's uh, in Asakusa, oh. outside of a liquor store. <laughs> oh man, of all places. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, we're here now. We're about two blocks south of the uh, Asahi building. It's a nice area. It's kind of quiet, but um, and it's about a five minute walk to the nearest train station. But um, I don't know. I think I would take the quiet over the bustle of like Shinjuku. Um, and we are really only a 10 block or 10 minute walk away from everything. I also, yeah. I also found a supermarket today and a haircut place too. Really? Yep. Okay. I got to hit that up tomorrow. Um, we did Hanami last weekend. It was, I think Saturday. Yeah. We Saturday. went out to Edogawabashi, I think. Mm-hmm. That's right. And there's a river there that heads up towards Waseda University. We met a few friends up there, laid, laid a tarp down and started drinking some sake and met um, most of the people who are in our program right now. Terrence from the Kobe Beef Show came all the way up from Kobe. He was up in Tokyo visiting some friends, and he hung out with us uh, that entire night, pretty much. He went to go visit a... Yeah, we just we, we, um, we went, went with him until, like, around midnight or so. Yeah. There was a period of, of that time where I don't remember anything <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> but I do have some pictures uh, that reminded me of a few things that had happened. Um, so that was a lot of fun. Um, I'm going to be posting a video about that um, probably maybe the next episode, if not the, the following one. Um, I want to do a little more video stuff, um, and I hope to do more now that I found out that the cell phone does video. I just have to get an SD card and get it all transferred over to the computer. But um, in the meantime, um, there's another good Japanese podcast and I believe it's called Bicycle Sidewalk. I'm gonna look at my iPod right now. Actually, my, the video won't be on my iPod. But um, I don't know the gentleman's name, I'll put it in the show notes, but he does two to three minute clips of just random things in Japan mm. that he encounters. I think one, one time he was at a park and he, he saw um, a couple guys like doing this like rap jazz thing and he just recorded that. And then there was another time where um, he was just um, riding his bike down the street and you record that. So it, it's kind of like everyday life in Japan, short video clips. So definitely check that out. I'm not going to try to duplicate that by all means. I, I don't really think I have the time to do a lot of video episodes, but um, things I find interesting I may put up there. Oh, one other thing, a quick update. Uh, finally got my alien registration card yesterday and got the address changed. <laughs> Alex had some pretty good comments yesterday about Japanese bureaucracy and I think uh, I'm gonna tap his brain for a different thing I want to do on on Japanese bureaucracy did you ever see Bowling for Columbine that South Park thing was a short history of the United States it's like a little animated thing Bowling for Columbine I thought it was a Michael Moore movie right, right. and in the middle of it there was a little South Park like it was done by the guys from South Park it was mm -hmm. a little animation I watched it, but I don't really recall that particular part. I wanted to put something together like that for Japanese bureaucracy, sort of like a 30-second condensed illustrated version of how it's just out of, mm -hmm. out of control. So hopefully Alex will help me with that later this week. Let's see, what else? I think that's it for a quick update. All right. So let's move on to foreign exchange. If you do come to Tokyo and you're going to stay for... Uh, maybe a couple weeks or so, you, you are going to have to deal with foreign exchange. I, I think if you're coming here short-term, you can get away with traveler's checks. And even uh, if you're planning on staying in Tokyo or Osaka or a metro area, an ATM card and a credit card will get you by. Your credit card company may charge you 
percentage. Um, but for vacation, most people won't go through the issue. Won't, won't would rather get charged three percent than carry you know two grand in cash with them. Um, but if you're going to stay here for a month or more, you're going to encounter foreign exchange. Now you can do foreign exchange um, at quite a few places actually. The first place you'll encounter is a booth at Narita Airport. If you go out of the international exit part where, where people can wait for you and take a right, there's a booth right there. You can just fill out a form and get everything done in one shot. However, we found out that a lot of those places charge an exorbitant spread on the actual exchange rate. So if the exchange rate is, say, 118 yen per dollar, a place like that may give you 112, taking 6 yen off every dollar, which definitely adds up if you're changing out, like, two or three thousand dollars um i think when i arrived i had to have enough to cover a couple months rent and utilities and getting things set up so we had quite a bit of money you, you had the same deal right yeah i brought um just under three grand actually mm. i never carried that much cash on me but um you know if you're gonna do it i think tokyo is a pretty safe place yeah, I didn't feel too threatened. Yeah. I was definitely watching my stuff, oh, yeah. but I didn't feel like someone was going to come and mug me. Mm-hmm. That only happens at the Imperial Palace. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if, if you don't know what I mean, I, I talked about that before. The uh, last time I was in Japan a year and a half ago, I got mugged by a, a gaijin, but you couldn't really call that. It was like a pseudo-mugging, but I think I wrote about it before, so I don't know. If, if I get enough people asking about it, maybe I'll repeat that story. But anyway... You can also do exchange at most banks. I think Mizuho, Citibank, there's a Mitsubishi Bank. It's like MMFG or MMUFG, MMUG. It's the red one. It's got like a red logo. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember what exactly it stands for. Um, and I think you can also do foreign exchange at most post offices. Probably some of the ones in the rural areas you wouldn't be able to do, but ones that are in most metro areas will do some sort of foreign exchange. I didn't know that. Yeah. But if you are at Tokyo Station, check out this place. I did my research maybe about two weeks ago, and this place had the best prices um, in terms of exchange. It wasn't the exact exchange rate, but I think they only took about two yen off, as opposed to most of these other places. And um, I'm probably going to butcher the name, but I believe the place is called Daigakuya. And if you take the Yaseu Central Exit, and go right across the street. You can't miss it. The place will not look like a foreign currency exchange place. It'll look more like a, um, I don't know, you went there. It looks more like a like a ticket broker place or like a, I don't know. Right. They, like I mean, a, that's like a touring what place. They, do. they sell tickets to different events. But I guess what happens is they have a surplus of cash because of that. So they can do foreign exchange. Hmm. I think when I went there, they gave me 116 when the exchange rate was about 118. And you, yeah, something. Did you check the exchange rate that day? I didn't know what it was, but it gave me, I think, 116. Hmm. I don't think it's really changed all that much in the past week or so. I know right before we left, the exchange rate went hugely in our favor. It was really cool, yeah. When I had checked before I left, I think it was at about 110 or 112. Makes up for the fact that we had to uh, pay so much money to take all the trains. So, I don't know. There you go. I can't really speak for some of the other areas of Japan, but I definitely know that in Tokyo, Daigakuya, across the street from the uh, Yaseo Central Exit to Tokyo Station is by far the cheapest that I've been able to find. If anyone's listening knows of a place that, that can do even better, um, let me know and I'll, I'll correct the show notes later. 
there you go. That's foreign exchange. Now we can move on to Japanese bicycle skills. I think I'm going to spell that skills. S-K-E-E-L-S. Skills. I don't know, man. I've seen everything on bikes lately. Well, I always liked how the old ladies can do the one, one-legged one mount onto the bike. Oh, I haven't seen that yet. You see it all the time. The Where one-legged they, mount. Can you, yeah. can you describe it? Well, they basically jump on, and um, but they're like kind of coasting along at first, like you're riding a scooter almost. They put their their like outer leg on, or do they like put their inner their outer their inner leg on the outside of the bike, and then sort of put their butt on it and flip it over? No, I mean your foot is on the pedal that it's supposed to be on. Oh, okay. And then one foot is is kind of like you know pushing off off on the ground, it just kind of like vault on over mm. like that. Yeah, I haven't seen it. Yeah, I never been able to do that. But. I my my favorite is the uh, umbrella. Uh, yeah. The one hand on the handlebar, the one hand with the umbrella. Mm-hmm. And I actually think that it's a requirement to have a clear umbrella to ride a bike. I don't know how you could do it <laughs> with a uh, an opaque umbrella or an umbrella that you couldn't see through. Maybe a few people have done it, but man, that's so hard. I could barely ride a bike with, with one hand in this city oh, I anyway. Can't, I can't do that. Overall, I think I've just been really impressed with the agility of, of everybody. Usually... In the U.S., it's it's kids that are, like, really good at bikes. You know, they're on their bikes all day during the summer, yeah. hanging out with their friends. But here, man, you see the 60-year-old businessman in a suit right. on a bike. <laughs> you see, the you know, the mother with a kid in the basket and a kid in the, yeah. in the back and holding a kid, <laughs> riding a bike. What else have I seen? I've seen uh, uh, delivery guys with, like, those huge baskets in one hand. Oh, yeah, yeah, Almost yeah. like they're... They, I think they almost have to tilt the bike in order to keep balance. Yeah. It's out of control. And I've seen pretty much everything. But, ironically, I haven't seen a bike accident yet. And you think you would with so many people here. Yeah, yeah. I think, especially on the sidewalks. Yeah. When it's just like... I mean, I've had some near misses, I think, when yeah. we're walking. And, you know, you just... You don't even notice them. They just zoom right by you. Yeah. yeah. I'm afraid one day I'm going to, like, yawn. Oh, I know, yeah, yeah. And clothesline somebody. I could totally see it happening. Because a lot of them don't ring their bells when they they zoom right by you. Because I guess they don't expect you to move. Some of them do. Which is nice if you don't have, like, your your MP3 player plugged in your head Mm -hmm. or whatever. Overall, though, I think they're they're fairly polite and they share the sidewalk pretty well with pedestrians. Most bikes, I think kind of the general rule is if if your vehicle's not motorized, it's okay Mm. to be on the sidewalk. Yeah, I really see people ride their bikes on the on the road. Yeah, if any time it's to like get around a huge yeah. group of people or yeah. something. But yeah, the the skill of Japanese people in riding bikes, especially in this city, is just incredible. I, you know what we should do? Uh, I'm pointing at Alex, like everybody can see. But we we've been talking about going to a bike shop that a friend had recommended near Waseda University. Right. And we're gonna get some bikes and. Obviously, you know, we can't take the bikes on the train, though. Mm. Maybe we could if they were, like, fold-up bikes, but... Yeah. Like, Scott was saying, like, if you can put your arms around it, he said you can bring it on the train or something like that. Mm. So if it's a fold-up bike, you'd probably do that. You'd probably be okay. We wouldn't want to take a bike on the train. We probably could, but... So we're we're guessing we're going to have to ride the bikes back Mm. to our houses, but I should bring the camera that day. And like strap it onto my head, or I don't know, <laughs> yeah. figure out some way to sh- kind of show people what it's like. 
Oh, but we need to get raccoon helmets. Ah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. We get like a. I don't know. I haven't seen. <laughs> I haven't seen anyone wearing a helmet with a bike though. That's the other thing. No helmets. You're right. It's yeah. I think only little kids have to wear helmets. I'm not sure what the laws might be like, but it's certainly much much different. Yeah, that's the true. US. Definitely I haven't seen any helmets. And I think in the U.S. and in most cities too, it's illegal to ride a bike on the sidewalk. You have to share the road yeah. with, with cars. So. Yeah quite quite different out here so maybe one day i'll there's a pretty busy intersection by where we live i'll maybe i'll just set up the camera and like drink a coffee and watch people ride bikes back and forth yeah that'd be pretty interesting show people what that's like but yeah so japanese bicycle skills if you come here just uh i don't know there's gotta be bike rental places That'd be a fun experience if you come here as a tourist to try and ride a bike around. I, you know, you could probably rent a bike from one of the stores. Because that's what I did when I was up in uh, Sapporo for the summer. Oh, you rented? You actually rented a bike there? The guy was selling them, but I told him I was only going to be there for a week. So he says, you know, okay, you can rent. You know, you pay 5000 up front. And then when you return the bike, ah, okay. I'll give you like half of that back. Oh, that's not bad yeah. for a week if you're there visiting. Yeah. So that's what I did. Did you find that Sapporo was a lot different than Tokyo in terms of the bike skills and the bike style and just how easy it was to get around? <laughs> no, I, don't, I don't know if there's like a Hokkaido style. <laughs> there's a, a yeah. uh, Hokkaido Jitensha Kata. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but Sapporo is a very, also a very bicycle friendly town. Really? Yeah. Because the layout in Sapporo is very different from every other Japanese city. Because mm. they, they laid it out in, like, grids. It's, like, blocks. Mm-hmm. Really, really square. So it's very different from, like, Tokyo. Tokyo's kind of like a mess. Yeah, like amalgam- it's all over the place. Amalgamation of just someone decided to put a street through here. Mm-hmm. And- yeah, but Sapporo is very well, well laid out. I don't know. It's difficult for me to say that Tokyo is well designed for bicycles. They have mm-hmm. those bicycle lanes in the side, well, in the crosswalks, but... Yeah. It, People don't religiously use them only for bicycles. No, they don't. So, I mean, like the sidewalks down here, you know, you notice, right, some parts are designated for bikes only. Right, yeah. But, I mean, yeah, that's true. No one really follows that. Hmm. There's definitely a symbiotic relationship between the bicycle and the bicycle rider and the pedestrians. Yeah. I think it's because most bicycle riders are also pedestrians. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they other parts during the day, you know, after yeah. they take the bike to the, so they can relate, they know what it's like. Whereas most people in the U.S., I think, just probably, you know, ride a bike from point A to point B and don't really walk any part of that route mm-hmm. as a pedestrian as well. Yeah, definitely. So there you go, bicycle styles. Okay. Let's move on to the raw chicken. Raw chicken. Chicken sashimi <laughs> experience. Um, I don't know, I think it was like Thursday, Thursday Wednesday, Thursday last week. Yeah, we, we had, it had to be Thursday because we had just moved here mm-hmm. and we were looking for something to eat. And I swear to God, we, I, now I don't know much um, kanji in Japanese. So sometimes eating at more traditional places yeah, it is a, a bit, tough. bit difficult, can get a little tough. And we were actually, we were in Kur- Kuramai right across the river. Yeah, it's around here. And we ate at a place called Hiden. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, it's called Hiden. Hiden. Yeah. I remember that because I'm like, it's hidden. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it was a, uh, I don't even know how to describe it. It was, it seemed like it was a, 
it was like a um like a toriniku place uh yakitori oh yes thank you yeah. Yak- yakitori place. well they had that's what they had on the outside we saw like the pictures they had posters yeah they're all like yakitori so i assume that's what it was but they had so much more it wasn't just yeah. yakitori a lot of places in japan will just have one thing or one kind of thing mm-hmm. like like uh, yakiniku or yakitori or gyoza or yeah, yeah. dumplings this place was i don't know just weird so we got the menu and uh i don't think you could have read much of it either well see i i recognized the um hinaiji dori because back when i lived in akita um well look japan has three types of really famous domestic chickens there's three like species of chicken that are native to japan they're really famous because they're supposed to be delicious and uh one of them is the hinai chicken the hinai chicken yeah okay and that, that place, that town was like five minutes from where I lived in Akita. So that's why I recognized the kanji. Oh, okay. So I'm like, oh, okay, you know, Hinajidori, you know, is famous. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta hit this up, you know? Yeah. That's why I ordered it. And then I, I couldn't read much on the menu, so I ordered one of the few things I could read, which was the Hata mm-hmm. Hata. That's right. So we sat down in the, in the uh, person who was cooking, there was like a small glass enclosure, and they were cooking the yakitori mm, like yeah. traditionally it was taking quite a while for it to come so we got this small bowl of stuff and it looked like i don't know kind of looked like like salmon or like a cod or yeah, yeah. It, it was bizarre i had a couple bites of it i'm like wow this is really good i wonder what this is i know you're like i don't know what kind of fish this is but it's not bad yeah. <laughs> it's a little it had like a little vinegar sauce on it and like like some a little a bit of roe mm, yeah and some greens and like there's cucumbers and radish and stuff in there and i'm like this is not bad and i had thought that it was because we were waiting so long for our food right right yeah so then um (laughs) the uh hata hata comes out and i didn't realize that the hata hata is just a um an entire fish maybe about six inches long head to tail a little salted, but just mm-hmm. grilled, straight yeah. up grilled. And I'd been watching that fish grill right in front of me for about 10 minutes. And I'm like, oh man, I'm glad I didn't order that. So immediately when that came, I kind of looked at you and I'm like, dude, I think that's the Hinai Tori. Yeah. And you're like, nah, dude, <laughs> this isn't cooked. I was pretty sure it was the Yakitori. That's what I was like hoping for. No, actually, when I saw it, I kind of had that really bad primitive. <laughs> you did? Uh, yeah. Because <laughs> it wasn't fish, man. I could tell. Now, we had we had taken a while. We looked at the kanji, and it was like a different kanji for raw after we okay. looked at it, right? And I don't, I don't, I can't visualize it, but if I ever see it again, I'll know it. Well, it's funny because there's a different character for raw. It's like nama, for like raw egg. Would be like nama tamago. Mm. So it's almost like the kanji for life. It is, yeah, right? it is the same one. With like three horizontal bars, mm-hmm. one long middle bar, and then like on the left side, the top one, there's a small. Yeah, that's the one. Okay. Yeah. It's also the kanji in birth certificate. I found out today because I went up to City Hall. Yeah. It's out there. Mm-hmm. So starting to recognize some more. It's good. Yeah. That's usually the kanji for raw. That's yeah. That's the one I usually recognize. But this this had something different. So yeah. I keep thinking it's it was a character for sashimi, but I keep meaning to look that up, but I didn't. Oh, we'll have to... Yeah. You know, at, at, when we're done with this, take a look and look it up, and I'll, I'll put it in there so people can <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> look out for, watch out for that character, because 
it definitely means uh, raw in the context of a, of a restaurant. Yeah. I don't know. After tasting the the chicken, I, I you know, uh, despite being a little scared that I might, mm-hmm. you know, be spending a lot of time in the toilet right. and in bed for uh-huh. the next couple of days, um, it was really good. I, w- I was impressed. I, I would have it again, I think. You would? I, I think I, I would. I, uh, I, well, I didn't, let's put, I didn't get sick, uh-huh. and it was good. I wouldn't make other people eat it, but I don't know <laughs> if I would eat it anymore. You wouldn't make other people eat yeah. it? Yeah. Uh. <laughs> I mean, if people come to Japan, that's what I'm making of If you ever come to Japan, and you visit us, and Alex takes you out <laughs> to dinner at a place called Hiden, just, you've been warned. They had all sorts of raw meat there, though. Yeah, they had like raw horse, yeah. raw liver. I've had raw horse before, but they had some raw pork too. I don't know about that. Give okay, given the choice of raw, raw liver, uh-huh. raw like chicken hearts, right. that stuff was the liver chicken, probably. Uh, yeah, I think so. Raw horse. We're gonna leave raw fish out of the equation there. Mm-hmm. That same raw chicken again, and let's see what else. Uh, I can't think of any other sort of disgusting raw thing. Maybe like raw aardvark. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Out of all those, which would you eat first? Uh, you know, I, I think I would go for the chicken still. See? Yeah, yeah that's good. <laughs> I don't know if it was good, but... Yeah. The, the one time I had raw horse, I don't think I... No, yeah, I, I didn't know it was raw horse until yeah. after I was done eating it. Which I think is good in a lot of ways. If if I had known that was raw chicken before mm-hmm. I had four or five pieces of it, I don't think I would have eaten it. I would have tried it, but then I would have been like, oh, okay, I'm done. I'm gonna well, see, it. after I found out what it was, I kind of didn't want to eat it anymore. I know, you totally stopped. <laughs> <laughs> Which is kind of kind of a strange reaction. Because yeah. when I first ate it myself, I didn't think it was that bad. And what was interesting, too, after we had sort of come to the fact that, yeah, that was mm. raw chicken... My fish looks so much better. <laughs> I wouldn't eat a fish with just, you know, the whole head and everything. Yeah. And not usually. And, and the fish was good, too. It I was. was so no, it was good, yeah. But I wondered. I think they cleaned it out, though, didn't they? Yeah. yeah. But there were still... The, the fish was such that the bones were thin enough where you could eat some of the mm, bones right. and it wouldn't, you know, scratch your yeah. throat or, or do anything. But you, but you had to pretty much avoid the spine. Yeah, that's the only part you have to take out. Yeah. I think some people eat the head, too. I couldn't do that. I don't know what there is to eat in that. <laughs> so, anyway, so it was a good experience. We both tried some food we probably wouldn't have eaten otherwise, and it was good. So mm, that's true. And maybe we learned something. We learned what the alternate <laughs> kanji oh, yeah. raw is. I think I'm. I was gonna do a whole thing on like cute versus cool in Japan, but I think maybe we'll. I'll do like a whole other episode on that. Collect some more information. Yeah, you can definitely look into it. There's there's so much. Um, every day, I was just before we had started this sh- this show, I was talking to Alex, saying, you know, a lot of times I think Japanese will take cute over cool, when in other countries those things should be cool. And one one um, particular instance I had thought of was a car ad for a car dealership I saw where all the cars were right. cute little puffy white clouds and it was like something like happy car dealership you know buy your car and be happy and it was, it was so cute you just felt like <laughs> nice and warm and fuzzy inside and you know and I don't think that would fly <laughs> in the US no. but I thought of a really interesting example actually what's that 
Well, I won't go into too much detail this time. Okay. Well, you just want to mention it, and then we'll do it. We'll yeah. Tell later. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's basically this this model, Leia Dizon, and like she originally started in the U.S., but then she came over to Japan like this thing last year, and her style completely changed, you know. Hmm. And it's interesting to see, you know, how she became popular here. is is completely different from wow. what, what got her somewhat famous in the U.S. compared to here. Okay, we'll have to look into that. Maybe we'll do a video episode with that. Was she in like TV commercials and stuff? Can we find some video of her? You, yeah, you can probably find videos of her here. All right, I've seen a few on YouTube and stuff. We'll see if we can pull that together. Yeah. I think we can pull off some YouTube clips and put them in a video. It's probably illegal somewhere. <laughs> we get shut down it's free press anyway for, for today's uh quick quick shortened version of things you only see in japan I, I was coming out of city hall after changing my address today and i was walking by a bakery we had saw and they had um all these different types of really cheap really good looking pastries and the one that i saw was called butakun mm-hmm. and buta is pig and kun is a sort of a, a diminutive you know name Postfix or whatever you call it. You put it after a right. name like San. Usually, uh, Kun's usually used for people you are familiar with who are lower status or children. Mm-hmm. So, or really good friends and I don't know. Yeah, kind of weird. Chan is usually for friends, but well, Kun is usually for guys. Guys, because you, so you would a... never use Kun on a girl. Really? Yeah. It's just... Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've heard it used like maybe once or twice for girls, but there's got to be something weird, weird going on there. Yeah. Okay, it's, so yeah, usually for boys. Usually for boys. Like yeah, but kids. Like kids, yeah. like about waist high kids. Right. Yeah. After they get above the belt, you know, you gotta start calling right. them Chan or. <laughs> well, I don't know about that, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, so anyway, this this uh, there should be a, a picture on the on the post. You'll see it, and it was a little, just a cute little muffin in the shape of a pig and they had they had raised up the middle nose part of it and they had um put little chocolate chips for the eyes and little little ear things so you can see a picture of it there and um on the inside it was it was all custard and it was really good so butakun and it's a it's a male pig and it was delicious so <laughs> <laughs> i'll have to stop back there they had they had like some i i swear to god i think they were called Hot donuts, uh-huh. and they were they were like um, a pastry wrapped around a hot dog, but I hope it wasn't sweet because that would be a little odd. No, it's the hot dog bun. It's the hot dog bun. Yeah, you've never had it. It looks like a donut with a hot dog in it. <laughs> That's a staple in Asian bakeries. Wow. Uh-huh. All right. Uh-huh. <laughs> Seriously, I've never had that. I'll, I'll have to go try that. So that's Butakun. In probably, I don't think you would see him. Would you see Butakun in in Thailand or Hong Kong? Maybe you might. You might see it in Hong Kong or Thailand. But that's because they copy a lot of Japanese stuff. Okay. Especially for their bakeries. So seen here first, then at least. If you see Butakun anywhere else, they probably are yeah. listening here and got the idea from me, and I stole it from yeah. someone who made Butakun. So there you go. I think that's it this episode i want to thank alex for joining me this is this has actually been cool i think it makes for better material yeah you were saying before it's probably a lot better when you have like two people to do it well that's what i read some guy was doing a guide to podcasting he said like oh 
makes it a little more interesting. I don't know if that's true or not. Hmm. We'll have to do like a morning show version where we crank call people yeah. and play dumb songs. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> talk about the news and then have like, you know, honking horn yeah. sound effects in the background. I'll do the celebrity gossip. The celebrity gossip. <laughs> Uh, hopefully it'll never come to that point. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Uh, this has been a long one, but I want to thank Alex for joining me, taking the time out of his busy evening yeah. of Advance Wars. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Things are kind of slow right now. Yeah. But I think they'll pick up. I think they will. And work and everything. My my schedule next week is is like a solid block from like seven in yeah. the morning to like seven at night. So I'm hoping. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm definitely have time to keep the podcasts up. Um, I think what I'll probably do is collect more material and just put it together during the week than taking the hour to sit down and talk mm-hmm. about it. Yeah. So hopefully we'll do more of this. Um, I will post the Hanami video probably sometime by the end of this week, or if not by the end of this week, by the weekend. It's Tuesday night. Uh, no, it's Wednesday it's night, night. Japan Standard yeah. Time now. So this will probably be posted to... The States, uh, just before lunch on Wednesday. And um, I'm going to be meeting Scott Lockman from Tokyo Calling tomorrow, and uh, if, if the weather sticks with us here. And uh, hopefully do another dual podcast with him. I think we're going to interview each other or do something. I've never met the guy, but I've mm-hmm. listened to his voice for like two years. No, that would be an interesting yeah. experience. He seems like a cool cat, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to meeting him. And then um, I'm going to get a little geeky in another episode and talk a little bit about Twitter and Justin TV. Um, got some thoughts on that. I guess a lot of the podcasting community has been getting into that. I don't know if it's all it's cracked up to be, but I'm going to share those thoughts later. So again, thanks for listening. Have a great evening, day, wherever you are. And thank you, Alex. And Thank you. Good night.